Welcome to the Which Was Better podcast, where we normally discuss and decide which was better, the book or the movie. I'm your host, Lisa, and this week we are not going to compare a book in a movie. We are going to talk about some other things happening in the Hallmark community and in the, you know, the world in general. Um, I, I briefly spoke about this on my Instagram stories. If you guys didn't catch it, I will say that we did not have a um, live episode this past week because I just didn't feel like we could. I don't feel like it's business as usual. And so I wanted to take some time out and have an episode to cover some, you know, some thoughts, some feelings. And I've invited my friend Dory from All the Feels to come on. So Dory, welcome. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. How are you? I am okay. I'm <laughs> hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Same, you know, I'm three days away from my second vaccine shot. And, <gasps> Yay! Oh, uh, yeah, just hanging in there. And um, I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm always happy to talk to you. I'm happy to be here. I'm always happy to chat with you. Um, you know, when I, when I reached out to see if you wanted to do this, it's, it's just because, you know, the past, well, we want to be technical the past 400 years you know um, <laughs> if we're if we're going to start at the beginning here but really you know it's when it comes down to it, it's people over the podcast you know people are always going to be more important than the podcast and we're going to you know we're going to touch on race race relations we're going to touch on the things that are happening in the hallmark community we're going to touch on it all and before we dig into it, I do want to say that if this is not the episode for you, then, then this is probably not the podcast for you in the end. Um, I love all the people that have interacted with us so far. I love the um, interactions, the community. Um, but like I said, it's always going to be people over the podcast. And if this sort of conversation makes you uncomfortable, then I ask all I ask is you ask yourself why it makes you uncomfortable is confront yourself and, and say, why does this make me uncomfortable? Why, why do I not like this? And if you have thoughts, then reach out to me. Of course, I'd ask you to be respectful, but in the end, everybody's got to do what they got to do. You can always reach out to me at whichwasbetterpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter or on Instagram. So with that being said, there's no format to this. There's no notes. There's no structure. It's just going to be me and Dory chit-chatting about some things and our feelings. And yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it going for you? I mean, homework land. <laughs> like, you know, I think that you and I originally a few weeks ago had decided that we were going to do this episode about um black romance authors who write yes. black romances and giving our just kind of dream wish list of books that we would like to see featuring black characters that hallmark should make into movies and yes. 
we I think we are going to get to some of that because I know we both have opinions, but <laughs> <laughs> a shocker, <laughs> we both have thoughts, <laughs> we both have thoughts, but the past few weeks have been very traumatic and very um, disturbing. We were all living through the Derek Chauvin trial um, on top of other like that week last week that was just a full week of mass shootings um there was just a lot to contend with and we could not in good conscience just have a fun light podcast about books and romance because this is so much bigger than that and it has not fright to just kind of dive into the lighter fare um and you and I have been talking about this, I don't know, every day for the past couple weeks about how neither of us feel right just turning a blind eye to everything that's going on and not addressing it. So this podcast has become something something different than what we originally wanted to do. You're right. And, you know, it was hard to just keep on business as usual. I tried to, um, you know, I tried to tweet a few things and I, you know, I, I tried to, I, it just never, you know, it was for lack of a better term, it was half-assed, you know, Mm -hmm. just not my retweets of what was happening, like current events, but just in trying to have conversations with people and, and, you know, I just, I wasn't feeling it. And I just, I, I felt that, you know, my, my timeline, is half Hallmark and, you know, half non-Hallmark, I guess is the way to say it. And there's half of my timeline is what's happening in the world. And the other half is carrying on as business as usual. And look, I'm not here to judge anybody specifically. This ain't a call out. This ain't, you know, me trying to, you know, sub tweet about some, you know, obviously I'm not subtweeting, but, but it was just really hard to just, you know, move on because there's nothing to move on from yet. Like it's, it's very fresh and, you know, I, you, you mean, obviously, you know, you know what I'm saying? Cause we've been talking about it for a while, like just even offline with each other. Um, but you're right. This episode was going to be, um, what, what black romance books we would like to see as Hallmark movies. And the reason why is because as I was establishing this podcast and I was doing research for it, I made a master list of all the books that have been turned into movies so far and even movies that have been made into novelizations. Um, and the list is, at, as of now, there's been some few editions. It's probably at over 120. And I my, you know, when I started doing this podcast, I wanted to make sure it was inclusive. And then I realized it can't be mm-hmm. because there are no there are no black romance books that have been purchased and made into Hallmark movies. Yeah. There are and that and that's just one that's just one genre like subgenre of romance. There's no, you know, books with people that are disabled, you know, romance books, there's no LGBTQ representation, there's no Asian American representation. There's there's there are no books that have been purchased that have been made into Hallmark movies. And so I was like, well, there, I guess I can't really be inclusive because 
they're not. And I mean, I want everybody to kind of take that in for a minute. Like Lisa yeah. just said, there are over a hundred books that she looked into that have been purchased and turned into Hallmark movies. And none of them, none of them have diverse lead characters. Like this is the, this is what we are supporting, right? When we watch these movies, this is what we are giving our time to. Um, That to me is horrifying. It's horrifying. That is over a hundred opportunities lost, given up. And to see the numbers like that and just to be like, wow, okay. And I, you know, it's, I think it was what, 2015, 2016, that Hallmark really started to ramp up, you know, production of these movies where they were really really producing a lot mm-hmm. but there are some of these books that have been around forever and they have full multi-movie series yep. that you know the love comes softly series the when calls the heart series which i think that's the same author actually i think it's both the same author but there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there that you know and and for those of you listening that might say well but the movies are getting more diverse there's a very I just want to make this clear. There's a very, very big difference in casting a black actor or actress in a role that was written for a white person than casting a story that was written by black people for black people with black actors. There's a very big difference. And it, it can't just be like, well... You know, the casting's getting more diverse. That's not, that's not. That's only one piece of the puzzle. And we are now yeah. coming up on a year. It'll be, what, a year in June when everyone got on right. social media and threw up a black square and said Black Lives Matter and committed to more diversity and Hallmark included. And it has been disappointing to see what we have been given. And I, I thought we had a very promising holiday season. And it has been for me all downhill from there. And tell them, tell everyone what you said about Miss <laughs> Busby, because I, <laughs> oh, no. I like my soul left my body when Lisa said this and I could not stop laughing. <laughs> Well, uh, let me see if I can find the the text. <laughs> and it's nothing against it's nothing against it's, Cindy Busby. If by chance you happen to listen to this, it's nothing against no, you personally. It's Cindy, just, it's, that it is not about no. you. No, let me see if I can scroll through my text. <laughs> I've got to get I got to get through all the Virgin River stuff, and then, <laughs> and then I'll uh, I'll see if I can find it. But that um. Yeah, we we had a really promising holiday season and then, you know, the um, Winterfest movies got announced and I was just like, meh. I don't even know if it was called Winterfest this year. I think it was called New Movies. New Year, New Movies. And I'm like, why do you have to do that? Why do you have to change that? Y'all feel free to change all these seasonal names, but you can't give me some diverse casting. (laughs) I mean... Here we go. Like, come on now. Um, you know, I'm a, uh, duh, there's a search feature. Why don't I use the search feature on my phone? Um, 
but <laughs> I'm going to have to take this part out because I almost text you instead of searching. <laughs> I'm so crazy. Okay. I loved that text. I really lost my mind. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. Okay, I said... <laughs> I think I'm going to record a remember when Hallmark posted a Black Lives Matter support statement and promised diversity and then made three Cindy Busby movies in a row episode. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, want to join? (laughs) It is absolutely hysterical. Like, they put up (laughs) this this call to diversity and served us three different Cindy Busby movies in three different seasons. Right. It's just. Which good for her. I'm glad she's getting her money and I'm glad she's getting paid and I'm glad she's having a very successful winter and spring. But my question here is if, if, if people I've heard the comment, you know, because all these movies seem to have the same rotating few. And initially I thought, okay, it's COVID. They are trying to work with a very, very small COVID negative crew of people yeah. <laughs> that they can just rotate around. But eventually I was like, okay, that's the first batch of movies. And now here we are coming upon summer yep. and I'm still looking at my watch waiting and I'm thinking, okay, COVID or no COVID, are there no black actors available during COVID? Right. Like, what are we doing here? And that, it's that uh, again, and it's, it comes down to, it feels like crumbs. It does. Like, like we're chasing after crumbs here. And, you know, another argument I hear is, well, this is my happy place. And I think that, and this is just supposed to be light, fun food, you know, fun movies to escape. And I think that's the argument that really pisses me off the most. I think that's when I when I see people tweet that comment that it makes me the most angry because why are why is it only the white experience that gets to be frivolous and you know goofy and silly and these you know made for TV movies that are just in the end just time wasters you know Mm -hmm. why is that only through that lens why why do we have to have black and brown trauma movies in order for them to you know for us to engage in a cinematic experience like why can't it just be a baker like wanting to build a bakery and fall in love with the person who wants to destroy the bakery i know (laughs) well and i think that people really do have to ask themselves like why is my happy place all white you know like is that actually your happy place the a happy place that is just filled with only white people and white stories and if that if you don't like that narrative for yourself like if i just said that and you're like ew then you need to kind of examine how you can change that and how you can adjust your view of that because a lot of this is conditioning and people need to really look within themselves for change you know i think that 
we've we saw so much performative allyship last year and no and not a lot of actual change and that's been disappointing to see and i really do like for all for every one of us who is out there like lobbying for hallmark to be more diverse and inclusive like are you happy <laughs> with what we've been given these past few months yeah. like are you okay with this because i'm not seeing a whole lot of discussion about it online i feel like that has been kind of tamped down greatly um i think yeah. people are tired and don't want to continually engage in this discussion but guess what like that's what we have to do that's what we have to do bottom line right but that is where i want people to stop for a second and think how convenient it is to be able to turn off totally the well i'm tired of fighting for this because it's not gonna change well you know what i i Think about the people who don't get to see themselves on TV. Like, they can't turn on and off their blackness. They can't turn on and off their, you know, Asian-ness. Like, the, it's, the, my, you know, it's it's a very privileged way of thinking. Like, okay, well, I'll just tweet about it this one time and then that's it because I did my part. Yeah, but it's more than that. And you have to engage more than that if you want to see real change. I mean, I was ready to bail. <laughs> A long time ago yeah. with the Zola ad, I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I'll find my TV movie made for movie fun somewhere else. I'm I'm done. And, you know, I really felt like just being done with it. And then I thought, you know what? But I, I do like I do love this and I want to see change and I can't. I can't expect change if I'm not there fighting for it, if I'm not there saying anything for it. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I'm always there and I'm always right on it and like, oh, my gosh, here's my statement and here's this. But I try and be engaged. I try and, you know, point out things that I'm like, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> what's happening here? Yeah. And I see the same people over and over again doing it. And it's just like it's got to come from a larger group more consistently and more across the board. And. And just, you know, knowing like, you know, everybody deserves to see themselves in these movies. Yeah. Everybody, you know. And there's just no excuse it's, at this point, you know. There isn't. There's no excuse at this point. And like I was today thinking about, I've, I focus a lot on Hallmark Channel, but like let's talk about Hallmark movies and mysteries for a minute. How many mystery series feature diverse lead characters it's only the morning show mysteries and then if you want to stretch a little bit it's the Pena Vega movies that's two out of a lot and that is not good enough that is not good enough all the other ones what is it, Myrtle One or Mystery 101? I always call it Myrtle 101. Mystery 101. <laughs> Mystery 101. Mystery the 101. Podcast One. The Wedding Planner One. The Martha's Martha's Vineyard One. Aurora. Um, I already have problems with the Martha's Vineyard One because of a certain somebody, but well, that's another that's episode. Another, another episode. Um, <laughs> you know, those are all 
led by white actors. All those ones I just rattled off, and I don't think that's all of them. And then we've got two. Well, one and a half. Okay, because I'm going to say this, and I, you know, let me say this. I grew up, my mom is Hispanic, okay? And I know that that's, I think I'm, that's what we've always identified as, is Hispanic, Mexican. Mm -hmm. My mom's family comes from Mexico. There you go. Uh, My dad's family is from Scotland. He's a giant, giant white man. And then my mom's a very teeny, teeny Hispanic lady. She's very teeny. And together, they're a pair. And so, but I'm white. Like, listen, there's no, I'm not checking any other box on a job application or whatever. White, because I'm a white person who happens to be ethnically Hispanic. So you can't cast me and say, look, we have diverse people. (laughs) I'm a white person that happens to make really good Mexican food. (laughs) Like, (laughs) listen. (laughs) You can't do that, you know? I mean, yes, it, growing up, my grandma's, you know, like, there was a lot of Spanglish, yes. My my aunts, uh, there was, that never spoke English, and I'd be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Say that one more time. Slower. Otra vez, por favor. Just, just one more time. But I'm not, look, I'm not trying to make any false impressions here. I'm a white person. Right. I, I happen to very much care because... Okay, I'm going to tell you this story. (laughs) So picture me in eighth grade with very curly hair. Okay, picture me in eighth grade. I'm in class. I'm not going to try to do any identifiers here. I'm in a class and I'm sitting next to this boy. I'm going to go ahead and let's call him Mark. I'm not going to use his real name. And we're in class and I happen to say, hey, did you watch? Uh, So Mark is black. And I said, did you watch the new Seinfeld last night? This is how old I am. Because this is when it was coming on weekly as a weekly show. And he just laughed at me. And he was like, uh, no. And I said, really? And he goes, Lisa, black people do not watch Seinfeld. And I said, <laughs> Mark, you are correct, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment, I realized, huh, there's. I had because I'm very naive. I'm I'm an eighth grader. I you know I'm just in my little world, not even realizing that there was white TV and black TV. And he was just like Lisa, oh precious child. No, even at eight years black old, people do not watch Seinfeld. Like girl, yeah, no. even in eighth grade, I'm just sitting there like in my little twelve year old self, like what? And from that moment on, I realized. Okay, then there's different, you know, and then we had to talk about it and what, you know, and from then on, of course, I was finally, he was like, stop asking me about black people. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. But, you know, you have to have people in your life that tell you that because, you know, a part of me wonders if people are afraid to say something or to learn because they think they're going to mess up. And I'm going to tell you, you are going to mess up. You're going to say something stupid. I have said ridiculous things in my life. And people, bless people like mark in my life that have been like lisa we all have you can't say that you can't do that and i'd be like and 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 you know and unfortunately sometimes the onus was on them to take on the labor to tell me 
no and i'd feel bad and now i'm old enough to be like okay i can't dump all my shit on you i gotta right. <laughs> gotta figure some that's what that's google's, what google's for. for yep i cannot just throw all my emotional baggage <laughs> at you and make you tell me things that i can google <laughs> but you know as a kid i'm just like all wide-eyed like really mm-hmm. y'all don't what do y'all want you know just goofy ass <laughs> stuff and but from then on i've made it i've realized like i would watch tv and I'd be like oh and it was eye-opening and from that moment on i was just like more aware of the very large difference in white and black representation right. on tv because of that one moment when he was just laughing at me like, right no. it's like the light bulb <laughs> goes on like i cannot tell you the number of shows people have been like have you ever watched this and i was like no and people have been like, why? And I'm like, there are no black people on it. It's like, and then you see the light bulb go on and people are like, oh, wait, there are, <laughs> you're right. There are literally no black people on the show. And that's not necessarily something you always want to watch because so much of our content that is given to us is all white or predominantly white. It's been that way forever. Like sometimes Sometimes you just don't want to watch that. Yeah. You want to see yourself. And that's, you know, and, you know, as I got older and I I started working in um, various places, I I worked in public education for 12 years. And I worked in a variety of schools in a variety of cities. And I can't explain. I, I worked in athletics. And so it was a lot of coaching staffs. And I can't explain to you, and when I say you, I don't mean you specifically, I mean the the listeners. I can't explain. When I say I believe representation matters, that doesn't just come from me saying something because Hallmark needs diversity. That's because I have seen with my own eyes on various football fields, basketball courts, baseball fields, track, you know, fields, various, various places. The incredible difference in kids when they are with adults and coaches and teachers who look like them. The moments of joy, the moments of defeat, all those are very different when you have somebody on your side that Mm -hmm. looks like you. And I learned that early on in my career that it's very important to have representation and so when I say that in my, you know, in my Twitter feed, I it comes from my whole heart because it's it's vital. Right. And you know, I'm 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 sorry I'm getting I'm getting caught up here, but um it, it that's that's why I'm I I'm trying to preach so hard that it might be a silly movie to you. And it might be a silly movie that well, it's just a made but that's just it. Everybody deserves a silly, frivolous two hours. Right. Right. To see people doing goofy meat cutes, dumping coffee on each other by accident. Exactly. Black people dump coffee on each other, too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just, you know, and it's, you know, it's joyful and it's... I, you know, I, I don't I don't know what the answer is. I just I'm glad you're here. I'm I'm glad 
I'm glad you're here with me. Well, I'm happy to be here. And I think that like, you know, I, (laughs) I grapple a lot with why am I doing this? Why am I playing this Hallmark game? Right. I think about it a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you remember, you brought up the Zola ad. I don't know if you remember that episode that, uh, Mel and I did after that happened (laughs) and i i don't remember if erica was on it or not and it was essentially an hour of a full long full hour long meltdown of like is this the end of this podcast this was literally like the stuff we were grappling with because we were fed up and really disgusted and really pissed off and we really like you almost threw in the towel that weekend. I remember that weekend. I remember where I was. I was at a McDonald's on Colorado (laughs) Boulevard in Pasadena. And I had to pull into one of the parking spots because I was seeing all these freaking tweets about the ad. And I will never forget (laughs) being there and seeing that happen. And so I really do struggle with like, is this the best use of my time? Is this the best use of my voice? And the truth of the truth of the matter is that it is an important place, I think, for me to be. And it is an important place for me to use my voice because, you know, we mentioned the Derek Chauvin trial and all these shootings and everything. I don't think that every single person needs to be a loud vocal activist about every single thing. Okay. I think that's unrealistic. But what I do think is that when you see something like that, it is your job. It is, and it is imperative to then affect change in the places where you can. I understand how like a lot of these bigger, these things feel so big. Like how do we solve police brutality? That's a very big question. And if you cannot take that on and you are reading about it and you are learning about it, but you don't have any answers, you're in good company because there are people who have been studying this for their entire careers banging their head heads against walls because they can't get through to anybody and they can't affect change. But what you can do is look at your community. And that also means your online community and look at your interests and look at the things that you pay the most attention to. And for a lot of us, that's Hallmark. How can you bring Mm -hmm. change to Hallmark on that smaller scale? How can you be vocal when it comes to be when it comes to pushing for more diversity and inclusion in Hallmark movies? How can you in your own life call out people who say things um, that are racist or offensive? How can you advocate for more diversity and inclusion in your workplace? Like, I get that a lot of these are big questions and big issues on kind of a global scale, but there's also the local and the personal. 
And you really do have to ask yourself, like, what am I doing in my own life, in my own immediate life that will help bring about change? And part of that is screaming on Twitter about how there needs to be more diversity. Like this, I know that this conversation sometimes seems very small in the grand scheme of things, but Hallmark puts out what 50 movies just around the holidays and you mean to tell me that like having more diverse and inclusive casts and writers and directors wouldn't make a difference it absolutely would that is jobs for people like it like take the representation piece out of it that is jobs for actors jobs for diverse writers jobs for diverse producers Jobs for diverse production assistants who are just coming up in the business and getting their foot in. Diverse hair and yes, makeup diverse artists. diverse hair and makeup artists. Like, this is about more than just what we're seeing on the screen and what we're consuming. And I think that if you really care about diversity and inclusion on a large scale, but you don't know what to do, start small. Start with the little things right. that you love. Like there's a planner business. I'm not going to get into this, but there is a planner business that Lisa and I (laughs) do not care (laughs) for some of the politics involved. So we both have stopped (laughs) purchasing from them. They're They're trying. trying. They're trying to bring me back in. With these sales, they are really (laughs) testing my resolve. Um. And I miss I miss them every day. <laughs> I miss those journals every they're, day. They're trying. But it is a conscious choice on my part and on Lisa's part to not give our hard-earned money to people who are not down with the cause. And I think we all just need to be a lot more intentional about our consumption of everything. And so, you know... I still, I probably will always wage this battle with myself of like, (laughs) why do I care? Why am I doing this? But the fact of the matter is I do care and it doesn't really matter why. Cause I do. And that's probably not going to change. Right. So I'm going to keep speaking my piece and screaming into the void. And I think, but I think we all need to be doing that not just the same five accounts it has to be all of us together I and I 100% agree I mean to me I care about it because to me it's not frivolous it's not just tv movies It, it just it shouldn't even be a question it's just there are movies about life and romance and love and that's just not relegated just to white people like like and so what you see on TV for some people frames their entire relationship with people who right. do not look like them. You're right. And so when you only, because, you know, there are some people who don't live in a place <laughs> that has a diverse population. And so you're, what you see on TV might be your only interaction with somebody who it's does not so look true. like you. And when they're, and when they're not there, then you, there's no, then you've lost out on on you know you've you've lost that potential <laughs> I, and- I just have to tell you this is so true and i have to tell you a story so i studied abroad in italy for a semester when i was in college and a lot of 
Italian, especially Italian kids, have like never seen a black American, like never interacted with a black American, like never seen a black American. And because there are a lot of African immigrants in Italy, but they are so assimilated. Like they speak perfect, beautiful Italian. Like they are very assimilated. Like, but for as far as like American <laughs> tourists who don't, you know, like they don't really interact with right. that population. And the only <laughs> every Italian, especially the kids, but also some adults, every Italian person who like had never met a black person before or seen a black American before their only frame of reference for like black Americans was Michael Jackson. So they would ask if I was related to Michael Jackson because I had to be related to him to be able to travel (laughs) to Europe. I had to be rich and a part of the Michael part of Michael Jackson's family. Oh, because my gosh, think about it. He was the only like global black icon. So everyone was like, oh, is Michael Jackson your cousin? Because they just (laughs) they just assumed. (laughs) But it's like, yes, yes, he is. I I totally was like, yeah, we're related. (laughs) This was this was a long time before we (laughs) we we know more now um but you're absolutely right it's like people what we see in the media is often the only concept we have of people who look different from us and i experienced that firsthand and i was like this is wild and it happened too i went to tunisia in africa and they (laughs) had never seen a black (laughs) american ever like a lot of the african a lot of the tunisian people who worked at the hotels and stuff they were like black people don't vacation (laughs) they were like black people don't come to africa for vacation like black americans and they had never same thing are you related to michael jackson like i mean isn't that funny i loved it i was like this is hilarious so growing up my dad's parents lived in mississippi well my grandma still does and we'd go once a summer usually twice a year once for a week in summer and once for a week week at christmas and let me tell you (laughs) something (laughs) yeah you come from san antonio texas to uh mississippi and you're like uh yeah what year is this did i time travel <laughs> what is happening like what, what are we doing and I, there there are white people and there are black people there are no mexican people <laughs> so when my mom would walk around people would be like they're like is she black is she white what is she yeah what is happening here and there would be like hispanic names but they didn't pronounce them like you know, Martinez, it was Martinez or Salazar. It was Salazar. And we were like, what is happening? What is this? <laughs> so I'm not comparing. I'm just saying that it made me laugh because I was like, okay. Are there? And I asked my mom, I'm like, are there no Mexican people here? And she was like, stop saying that. And I'm like, but for real. <laughs> 
But isn't it it. amazing how like there are places where you live that are not diverse or integrated in any sense. And like you were saying, the only concept people have is what they see in the media. And we see so many inaccurate and harmful and damaging representation of minorities, right? Um, Hallmark is a place where we could really change that perception. And I truly believe that. Like, if you've ever listened to our podcast, All the Feels, like, I talk about that all the time, how I think Hallmark has this incredible opportunity to open hearts and minds, especially when it comes to, like, the LGBTQ community, like, and they just drop the ball. And it is disheartening. Because here we are in April, almost May, and it's been a really disappointing first few months of the year after all the promises that were made a year ago. Every time they put out a new list of movies, I'm like, do I want (laughs) to click on this link and see? Am I ready to be disappointed? Should I pour a glass of wine before I read it? Lisa has alerted me. All answers. She's alerted me to the spring preview (laughs) and the... No, I think you've alerted me to all the previews this year. I'm like, don't even bother. Lisa's been like, have you seen it? Have you seen the list? And I'm like, oh, my God, not that good, huh? Like we've both been saying, it's it's just, it should be a no-brainer. It should just be a natural, like, okay, we have various stories to tell. And everybody gets a chance to see themselves in it. And that's really what it comes down to. And especially in the shows, too. They have these weekly shows. And I want to, you know, originally I wanted to be like, are there no black people in Hope Valley? (laughs) Now there are. But, you know, two years ago, I was like, are there no black people in Middleton? You know, I'm like, there there are no no black people in Chesapeake Shores. Shores. like well okay there are also probably 10 people in chesapeake shores and they're all that family so yeah oh man it just we could be doing so much better and i think that's why we also wanted to talk about these books that we love by black authors who write black romance because there's source material and I don't know why Hallmark isn't using a ton of it. That. Isn't like just putting the money behind I mean, it. Pay some people. Like do this work. I mean, and you know what? Let me go ahead and say this. I'm going to give it to you know Hallmark Publishing because they, um, I see them out there on Twitter. You know, asking for submissions. You know, with LBGTQ leads, they're out looking for you know black led romances. You know, they they're trying. You know, this year. So far, I think for 2021, they are releasing 10 titles, maybe nine. I've got a post on it on my blog. Um, you know, and there's the ones that I've read so far. There's some there's some diverse material there. I mean, there's not there's been two black leads that I have read so far. Uh, but there was there was a book that was maybe this was last year. It all runs together sometimes. But there was... um you know, a pretty predominant, you know, character that was gay and was married and, you know, just like had a husband. And I'm just, 
I'm like, yes, I know that it's, uh, it can be done. The cards, the Hallmark card side has a ton of representation. Mm. You need a card. They got it. I mean, you bought a new pin. We have a card for it. Like they got it covered. Um, and the books I feel like are coming around, you know, that Hallmark publishing is trying to be more inclusive. You know, it's, I don't know what the stall is on the movies. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It's disheartening. Wanda, Lucas, if you're listening and you want to come on a podcast with us and let's chat. Please. I would love to, <laughs> I would love to talk to you. I have so many questions. Number one, why did you take yes. this job? I'm genuinely interested in knowing <laughs> what brought her to Hallmark, you know? Like, I think it's, I'm yeah. dying to know, like, why she has led such a cool and interesting career. I'm like, why Hallmark and why now? That's my, mm. that's my number one question. Like, can I just look at your... When my question would be, do you have a whiteboard with a pipeline? And if so, could you sneak me a real yeah, quick pick of it? Let me just look at it. Just review it. I won't share it. I won't tell anybody. Totally. It'll be just between us. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Come on the podcast and we'll chat. And we'll, you know. So that's, you know, that's generally my feelings on the situation. I did put a call out on Twitter for people to recommend some black romances that they would like to see on as Hallmark movies. And we, we got a pretty lukewarm response, which probably means I'm not reaching the right people. Like I'm not, I don't have a lot of reach, you know, but y'all read black romance. like read some black romance books and then recommend them to us so we can cover them because it would I know. be awesome and I mean I think that's the other thing too right like if you're into romances and you read them like diversify you know if you've been reading the same yeah. old thing I know that so many romance readers love so many different tropes so many different subgenres. like make sure you're also reading diverse authors with diverse characters it matters Right. You know, I mean, I know that it's funny to me because well, I don't say funny, like actually uh, hilarious. I mean, it sarcastically, like there was a big push, you know, with the George Floyd protests, everybody was posting their, you know, anti-racist books on Instagram and everybody was showing their receipts that they were buying these anti-racist books. And I'm just like, but did you read them? And <laughs> right. are you still reading them? And are you branching out and now trying to look for some, you know, authors that don't look like you? And, you know, part of the, th I feel like maybe people get overwhelmed and they don't know where to start. And I'm like, one, Google is free because <laughs> you can just Google, where do I totally. start? But two, do you, look at your own, look at mm -hmm. your own timeline. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, do you follow people that right. don't look like you? Because that right there is That's right. free. And you can learn a lot just by looking at conversations. I'm not, listen, I'm going to tell you right now do not interject in conversations that you do not belong in, even if it, no. 
don't jump in and be like, well, what I think. No, 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 no. I'm just saying you can <laughs> observe. You can, you can see, you know, and it, a lot of my timeline, I'm like, okay, well, I try and follow a lot of people and I try and follow, follow a lot of different, you know, interests and a lot of different groups and um, a lot of other Twitter accounts until it, today alone, the Twitter account, um, Women of Color mm-hmm. Romance, they posted 15 books by, you know, women of color authors and they posted 15 and I'm like, okay, first of all, I just got paid. I just <laughs> paid all my bills and I cannot get all I have yep. them all open they're yep. all on open tabs and I'm like let me see how many of these and are they the do it every yet. month because every month there is yes a they drop. do and yes. they tell you yes and then and I'm just like don't look because you can't don't let and then I look and then I'm like <laughs> all right well now my kindle is full again like this is ridiculous but you know that's yeah. that's free you know and you know and if you if you are if you end up following these communities and you find value, then pay for them. A lot of these communities have Patreon. They have, you know, Ko-Fi mm-hmm. or Coffee or however you want to say it. You know, that they're producing content that you like, then, you know, support them and retweet them and, you know, for, for whatever, quote, tweet and here, check this out. Or, you know, if they have donation links, donate, you know, that sort of thing. It's it's very easy to get started in that way. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of opens your eyes to things outside of things you would never even think about because your experience mm-hmm. is so different than other people's. And I'm just like, hey, there's, you know, I <laughs> I don't want to call anybody out, but I did I did have an interaction with somebody and they made a comment and I just said, do you not know any black people in your life? Because how can you think like, I was just like, what do you, what? Okay. Well, I'm going to need you to Google that later. (laughs) Thanks. Like, I'm not trying to call anybody out. I've had too much wine. No, never enough wine. It's Friday. It's Friday. But so, yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's how I feel. Do you, what do you, did we cover it all? I don't know. I think we covered it all. Um, At this point, I feel like I'm just rambling because I'm like, read Black I Romance. <laughs> and then well, let's, let's chat about people, it. <laughs> if you want to get into Black Romance, let's give some people some titles and some authors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, let me get my list. Oh, you know what I was going to say? And I brought, th- I think I told you this offline, if you don't mind very quickly. Not at all. I read an I read an article this morning. There's a new show on Peacock called Rutherford Rutherford Farms? Falls, Rutherford I think, or something. Falls. It's on Peacock. Yeah, it's got the guy um, from the Ed Office. Helms. It's the same writer from the Office. And isn't it like a Native yes, American guy, main character? Right. So Ed Helms and. Um, Jess, is it Jesse? I gotta get the name right. I'm sorry. There's um let me find her name because she is a native person and and so the writer's room is actually they've got five or six Native Americans who wrote, so that way it's coming from, you know, up and they even go on to the in the article talking about how even authors saying the word it's authentic has its own problematic, you know, history, but 
you know, they, they brought on board the, these um, Native American writers and showrunners and, and let me make sure I'm getting this correct. So I'm, I'm, I'm reading this article and um, Jana Schmeeding, Schmeiding, I need to look up the pronunciation. Um, she is the lead and she is Native American and the summary is two lifelong best friends, Nathan Rutherford and Reagan Wells, find themselves at a crossroads quite literally when the proposed relocation of a historic statue gives their sleeping ta- sleepy town an unexpected wake up call. And so she says in this article, she says, it becomes much more personal than whether or not we should take down a statue. What we're really seeing is how historical narratives manifest between friendship, which is something that I experience all the time as a native person. In what ways, um, in what ways has my life been in service to or supporting other people's narratives about their life? And because people don't have that deep level of literacy about Native history, we often get trapped in being supported in being support of other people's dreams and visions. We don't have the autonomy, that sovereignty to go to bat for our history. And when we do, it doesn't get mainstream attention. And I about mm-hmm. fell off the bed because I was like, I knew we were having this conversation this afternoon. Mm-hmm. I was like, this That's is everything. this is it. That's everything. You know, Rukia Bernard did that short movie that's going to come out soon. Um, Becky, and then I think she retitled it about always being yep. the black that's best right. friend in support yep. of... The white storyline. Always. Always. You know, and when I took my kids to see Black Panther, I tried to uh, impress upon them. I was like, you have to understand, this generally does not happen. This doesn't happen where the white character is in service of the black storyline because, spoiler alert, he dies. The crazy man with the arm. I was like, normally it's reversed. And this entire cast would be white and there'd be one black guy and he would die (laughs) in service of advancing the storyline i was like this is huge right. this is big you know and they're like they're like whatever we love I'm black panther like, like leave us alone <laughs> <laughs> they're like we don't need the social justice commentary mom but, but it's I, important right yeah and yeah it is and i try and you know impress upon them these things and these little lessons and everything and you know and they know when i'm about to because they're like she just took a deep <laughs> breath she's about to say something i'm like yes i am listen well, I up mean, <laughs> You know, I think that Marvel is another example of this. Like, we think of them as these, you know, fun, rollicking action movies. And that they are. But when Black Panther came out, I do not know one Black person who was not completely moved and so grateful and so in love with the idea of this movie and this not only the movie, but the fact that it was this black country with black leadership that was like the pinnacle of technological advancements, success, wealth, you know, like it was just such a powerful moment for representation. And we need that at all levels. We need them with the big blockbuster superhero movies. And we need the movies you watch on Hallmark on Saturday night. We need both. You know, one is not enough. One is not good enough. Right. Side note, I cried like four times in the theater. I know. I I did too. I I was bawling. That was just ridiculous. Um, But it it goes well because there was another quote in this article that I I do want to read very quickly. It says, 
I wanted us to do a show where there's a scene where three Native people are hanging out and they're not talking about being Native Americans because that's what actual <laughs> legitimate representation right. is. It's the normal, boring, mm-hmm. everyday stuff. And that's where yes. Hallmark comes in. It does, you know, it, why it doesn't have to be these big historical, you know, trauma movies. It's just let us see diverse people. Yes. Getting coffee. Living life, falling in love. Hello. Yeah. Picking up picking up right. the wrong order. And then the person, the meat cute is they have their order. And oh, we uh, we switch, you know. Trying to save the community yeah. center. Black people would do that too. And in one of the books I have <laughs> as a recommendation for you guys, they do. Yes. <laughs> do it. Bring um, it. Well, I just want to say I love both of those quotes, and I really am excited to watch that show. I've been hearing a lot about it online this week, um, and it's such a bright spot in an otherwise dark um, few weeks. But but we will leave you guys with some books, because Lisa and I both love romance, and there is plenty of Black romance out there that, I mean, listen, I'm not like... We could talk about publishing, the publishing industry and black authors and romance, Uh-oh. like, but that will need to be a whole other Listen. hour. <laughs> I was I like, know. I need more wine if we're going to. I know. But they are doing better than Hallmark. We can agree there. Um, there's that. So I'm going to throw out some um, some books by black authors that I think would make great Hallmark movies and that Hallmark should snatch up. And I don't know what they're waiting for. The first one is real men knit. Have you read real men knit? I have it on my shelf. It stares at me every day, but I've got, well, you know, readers, we've got a hundred books. I know, but yes, it's right there. So I'm going to, read the synopses of the books that I mentioned because I just want you guys to hear these synopses and see like oh wait that's a Hallmark movie like I'm going to read this to you and you're going to be like oh wait that's a Hallmark movie so this is um, Real Men Knit by Quana Jackson who I really like and here's the synopsis Jesse Strong is known for two things his devotion to his adoptive mom Mama Joy and his reputation for breaking hearts When Mama Joy unexpectedly passes away, he and his brothers have different plans for what to do with Strong Knits, their neighborhood knitting store. Jesse wants to keep the store open. His brothers want to tie off loose ends and close shop. Part-time shop employee Carrie Fuller has kept her crush on Jesse a secret. When she overhears his impassioned plea to his brothers to keep the knitting shop open, she volunteers to help. Unlike Jesse... Carrie knows the nitty gritty of the business and together they make plans to reinvent strong knits for a new generation. Like, hello, this is Hallmark. But the more time they spend together, the stronger the chemistry builds between them. Carrie, knowing Jesse's history, doesn't believe their relationship can last longer than she can knit one. Pearl too. But Jesse is determined to prove to her that he can be the man for her forever and always. After all, real men knit. So, like that is a hallmark movie that is a save the store that is a um 
friends that grew up together falling in love later in life. That is this girl who is um, this young woman who is trying to decide if she should she works at the community center and she's wondering if she should keep her job at the community center or throw everything into this knitting business. It is a story about redemption. Um, Hello, this is a Hallmark movie. Like, and there are so many of these types of books out there. And when I read this, I kept thinking, I was like, this is a Hallmark movie. Like, why has this not been, why haven't they bought this book? Like, hello, it's out there. Right. So I really recommend A, that you read that book and B, that Hallmark get involved and make that movie. And as we've seen many times already by the way they strip down Miss Terry Wilson's <laughs> books, they sure can strip right. out any smexy times. That's right. And make it into a Hallmark book, That's a right. Hallmark movie. So I feel like I'm cheating on this one because I'm going to recommend one because it's already been option. It's already been optioned for a okay, feature film. But this is what I'm talking about. Farrah Roshan. That's been optioned. Project. As well it should. I loved that book. It's it is and that's yes. Hallmark too. That could have been Hallmark. That could have been. Yeah, read, I'm gonna yeah, read it. Read that synopsis because been. when I was reading that one, I was like, oh wait, this is a Hallmark movie as well. Samaya Brooks never thought she would be that girl, but a live <laughs> tweet of a horrific date just revealed the painful it's truth. So good. I mean that first it's chapter, so I'm good. like, what? Okay. <laughs> She's been catfished by a three-timing jerk of a boyfriend. Suddenly, Samaya, along with two other girlfriends, London and Taylor, have gone viral online. Now the three new besties are making a pact to spend the next six months investing in themselves. No men, no dating, and no worrying about their relationship status. For once, Samaya is putting herself first, and that includes finally developing the app. Hallmark loves them some app creations um, that she's always dreamed of creating which is the exact moment she meets the deliciously sexy, honey-eyed Daniel Collins at work. What are the chances? When it comes to love, there's no such thing as a coincidence. But is Daniel really boyfriend material, or is he maybe just a little too good to be true? Oh my gosh, you guys, this book is so good. This is like... And this is a this is a this is a total hallmark setup as well. This is like the person yes. infiltrating the business to bring the business down. And I mean, it's just so good. The scene <laughs> where they all confront because all these girls have been catfished and they all confront him. Yes. And it is mwah, chef's kiss. It's amazing. And it's all in the first chapter. And usually, and I think I wrote this in my review, usually the big, like, you got caught mm -hmm. cheating scene is usually mm -hmm. later in the book. And that may, or it makes the, it makes the main character be all like wallowing for the rest of the book. Mm -mm, like, no, no. Uh -uh. they are like, let us. And don't they all go out that <laughs> night and you. they are best friends. Yes. And they all night. become yeah and that to me yes the romance was the romance was good but those the friendship that those three make so oh good. my gosh it was so, and you know another thing about that book is man it really digs into the microaggressions that black women especially face like in an and, all white or predominantly white industry like ooh. tech it's she gets it 
she gets it spot on. I mean, and so, you know, another way to learn and speaking of that, it makes me think there was a book that came out in January called Black Book. And it's um, it's about a, a guy who works at Starbucks and gets recruited off the street to work for this like tech company and his life goes off mm-hmm. the rails. And it is a it's supposed mm-hmm. to be satire and it is a, a very very harsh look at the way black people are treated mm-hmm. in corporate America. And the writer himself who's black was like, this is not a book for white people. We, I did not write mm-hmm. this for you. If you want to read it fine, but it's just, no, it's not for you. And I was like, I, I'm in, yeah, I'm just along <laughs> for the ride. <laughs> I'm just along for the ride. Uh, but that was very intense. And of course it's not a romance, but listen, you can, that's what books are for, man, is to, Put yourself in other people's shoes. And um, Alyssa Cole, who writes tremendous. Uh, you want royal romances? How about Alyssa Cole's I know. royal romance books? And she has one that I, I just, uh, well, I'm, I'm almost done. It's uh, When No One Was Watching, mm-hmm. which is a thriller um, based in Brooklyn. And now that's an, I don't know the end yet. So I'm not trying to spoil it for anybody. But it is an interracial pairing. And it's like, it goes yeah. in about redlining, mm-hmm. you know, the racist history of, yeah, like, so it's like, the information is out there, people. Right. It's out there. That's right. The history. And one of her books that I really love that is 100% a Hallmark <gasps> movie is A Princess of Theory. Are you going to say? I mean, that, this book starts out with <laughs> I was like I know you're going to This say book it. starts you out did. with the main character getting emails <laughs> from an African <laughs> prince. And we have all gotten the Kenyan prince email scam emails. And so she treats them as scam emails. Delete, delete, delete. She fires, she finally writes back to one of them um and is basically like leave me the hell alone like i don't know what's going on but leave me the hell alone she's a grad student um in new york she grew up in foster homes her name is naledi smith and <laughs> so it turned but what happens in this book is it turns out those emails weren't a scam and that she has a <laughs> she has a royal fiance a prince who needs a wife and it is her and they were betrothed but she doesn't know because her parents fled and it this book is so freaking funny and romantic and perfect <laughs> and it is the royal romance that it's one of the royal romances that we all love on Hallmark but with an with African royalty and isn't that nice and right. why can't we have African royals yes. too make up a country give them the royal titles and let's go because this book is so right. good he pretends to be a freaking waiter to get to know her like he <laughs> she mistakes him for the a waiter who's starting that night <laughs> and he wants to get to know her and he wants to get to know like what's gone on with her life because her she didn't grow up 
where where her family is from. And so he's like, I need to get to the bottom of this. So he pretends to be this random kid who is a waiter. Um, and he actually runs into the actual kid who's trying to come to work. And the kid is like, I'm sorry, I'm late. The trains were late. And the guy, <laughs> and the prince is like, get out of here. Give him, he says to his assistant, like, give him $15,000 for his trouble. Like, get out of here. I am taking over this guy's job. Like, this is a Hallmark setup to the T. And it's such a delightful, delightful story. Um, and Alyssa Cole, like, this is a whole series. This is a whole royal, like, world yeah. that she's built. The reluctant, yeah, the reluctant mm-hmm. royal series, yeah. Um, and and we're and and right now we are just talking about, you know, heterosexual romance. There's an entire That's world right. beyond that. That's you know. We're not saying that these are the only books that Hallmark could. We're just saying here's, you know, we're focusing on black authors and black romance, you know, and that doesn't even take into account, you know, mm-hmm. interracial romance, you know, because the Brown Sister series by Talia mm-hmm. Hibbert, you know, you and I we both love, 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 love. Although, I think I would like to see that feature film. Yeah, there some of these. <laughs> but, like that's like why I'm glad Kennedy Ryan's. <laughs> books have gone i think she has a deal with like a streaming service or something is it passion flicks i don't know if it's passion flicks they've been optioned by a production company maybe they don't have a home yet but like her books are hot and i would i would like to see (laughs) i'd like to see it yeah like okay don't terry wilson some kennedy ryan please don't be you can't do it like I'm already angry as it is that I'm still bitter about the art of us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know we can't even go bitter. there. But you're right. Like we haven't even talked about interracial. Like I'm sorry, Tracy Livesey is like the queen of the small town romance, and um, most of her books are interracial. Actually, there's one I'm going to mention that is a Hallmark movie that I need to also talk about. I'm going to read the synopsis and you're going to be like, why isn't this in my eyeballs right now? Um, I'm very excited. So she has a series out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. The girls trip novels. Okay. So the first are out. They're both great. This is by Tracy Livesey. The first one is called sweet talk and lover. Um, Let me read this synopsis to you guys. Cause you're going to be like, why, why haven't they, Why haven't they made this a thing yet? Um, And, you know, all of this is to say that, like, there are options. Like, there is no excuse for there to be so little diversity because there are options and there is already source material written by Black women. Like, this stuff exists. Yeah, what we're talking about is a tiny, 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 tiny fraction of a percentage of... yes books out there like that's there's no way we could get to all of them oh my gosh okay so here's the synopsis for a sweet talking lover marketing manager kyla harris knows that the road to success in the beauty industry doesn't allow for detours she's forsaken any trace of a social life working 24 7 to ensure her next promotion (laughs) when grief over her grandfather's death leads to several catastrophic decisions she gets one final chance to prove herself she has 
some troubles at work. Um, sh- <laughs> <laughs> she has one final chance to prove herself. Shut down an unprofitable factory in a small southern town. But as soon as she arrives in the town, she meets one outsized problem. The town's gorgeous mayor. Guys, that's a Hallmark movie Hello. right there. Like, come on. And then the second book in the series, because the series is going to follow all the all the, these like four lifelong friends that take a girl's trip like every summer. And the second book in the series is called Like Lovers Do. So good. Driven and focused, Dr. Nicole Allen is an accomplished surgeon. With a tough past, Nick's gone above and beyond everyone's expectations. But when she disciplines an intern a powerful donor son, a prestigious, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yes. A prestigious okay, fellowship going, she's yes. awaiting is placed in jeopardy. Coming from a successful family who runs a medical business empire, Benjamin Reed Van Mont is the black sheep, having chosen to start his own business instead. Though he's not ready to settle down, he knows when the time comes, it definitely won't be with a workaholic doctor like his friend Nick. Even if she's had him re re-examining his edict more than once. When Ben's status climbing ex-girlfriend finds her way back into his orbit, Nick proposes a swap of services. She'll spend the week with Ben on Martha's Vineyard pretending to be his girlfriend, but only if he'll have his family intervene on her behalf so she won't lose her fellowship. How hard can that charade be? But as they're about to discover, they're sorely under they've sorely underestimated their true feelings for each other. There you go. I mean, I just I got mean, that from it's library. great. It is delightful. <laughs> there is a really hot scene in a hammock. <laughs> um, okay, because I was like, don't do it because you have a list of books. And I was like, oh, just, just it's a nice, quick read goes book. down easy. But that's Tracy Livesey. Like she has a whole host of these small town romances. Perfect for Hallmark. Well, you know, Okay, so Lacey Baker, who has actually Mm -hmm. done a novelization of the Gingerbread Mm -hmm. Romance Christmas movie, she just released a book. um, I think it might be a novella. It's two. Anyways, it's called The Sweetest Valentine. And I bought it and it's on my it's that's what I'm reading this weekend. Um, I haven't read it yet, but tell me this doesn't sound like a Hallmark movie. Okay, The Sweetest Valentine. When the idea for a new script brings Hollywood actor Kellen or Keelan, sorry, Hunter, to the wine and chocolate oh festival my God. in the small in the small town of Sweetland Valley, Maryland, sparks fly with the charming candy shop owner who has a list of reasons why their love isn't meant to be. Ruthlessly organized Sidney Murray's life life's gold checklist was derailed after her, her broken engagement last Valentine's Day. Now with the holiday fast approaching again and the town's biggest chocolate festival on the horizon, she must put her biases about love on the back burner until Kellen walks into her shop with his model good looks and a box of his grandparents' oh love letters gosh. that melt your heart. But happy ever after may not be in the cards for the couple as Sydney's in danger of losing her shop and Kellen's plan to stay in Sweetland is threatened by an unbelievable career Hello. opportunity. Hello, Hallmark. Hallmark. What are we doing? Snap this up. Come on. 
that's just Hallmark written all over yes. it. Yes. Perfect. And anybody who's listening to this who is shouting right now I about know, your Rex, send them. Send them to me at which was better, which was better podcast at gmail.com at Lisa Fay Send them. I want to know because if I don't have them in my that's right, Kindle, I want them. I mean, there are just so many options out there. I mean, that was just like a little taste. I mean, we haven't even really scratched the surface. And I think that if you really do want to kind of expand your reading and you're a romance fan, um, Lisa mentioned following women of color in romance. Um, it's WOC in romance at WOC in romance on Twitter. Follow them. I am a patron. Um, you get book recommendations every month. You get, um, they do a, a virtual book club every month where they read a different book. And I mean, I, in fact, I think the book for this month also sounded like a freaking Hallmark movie to me. It was called, oh, here it is. It's called, I haven't read this yet, but it's called um, Make a Scene by Mimi Grace. And I'm going to read this um, synopsis real quick. Um, Retta Majors is having a bad day, but that's to be expected when your ex gets engaged to your cousin. Instead of totally freaking out, Retta decides to attend the wedding with her amazing, faithful, and handsome boyfriend. One problem, he doesn't exist. (laughs) Duncan Gilmore is living his dream. His boxing gym is open for business, and and he's focused on success. The last thing on his mind is a relationship that is until the beautiful baker next door makes him an offer so bizarre he can't refuse. One weekend of pretending to be Retta's boyfriend should be easy. However, shared kisses and some flirting start to blur the lines in their fake relationship. When their performance draws to a close, will they go their separate ways or return for an encore? Hello! I mean, mean, come on. I haven't read that yet, but I got it. It is on my Kindle awaiting, um, awaiting my eyes to come upon it. And I can't wait. Like, you know, there are just so many options out there. Come on. Yeah. It's, and if you want recommendations, then, you know, like, like Dory said, follow, follow WOC in romance. Mm -hmm. I think it's at WOC. Yep in romance right they because they'll tweet they'll tweet the recommendations with threads and and buying links it's so great and i'm pretty sure it's one it is run by rebecca weatherspoon who is also an author and i have been screaming my head off forever i always talk to rachel um of hallmarkies about this how i want black cowboys (laughs) i'm like we have all these cowboy movies i want black cowboys her black cowboy romance series is has been optioned for tv as well they're gonna make it i think into a series or a move or a series of movies it follows these brothers like but those were those could have been hallmark movies those books about like the big city girl who goes back to her hometown and reconnects with the you know with the family who runs the ranch that she grew up on hello come on like these are out there Hallmark keeps dragging their feet, and I'm like, you know what? It's even in the um, LBGTQ community because I've been saying forever. Look, stop being cowards and give Luke McFarlane his 
romance with another man. Like, give me the gay romance with him mm-hmm. as the lead today, yesterday. And they went ahead and dragged their I feet. And, now and he's it's, doing I bet it it's going to be so good. Good for him. I bet it's going to be really I know. good. But I'm like, good it's for him. just, I know. Or Peter Porte. Come on. Come on. They, it's just the material is there. And I don't really understand what the holdup is and why why they're not turning to romance. And like, we haven't even talked about freaking category romances that you could turn into movies. Like we haven't even really talked about indies and that's a whole other world. Right. And those are probably, those are a lot of authors who probably would really love the exposure and the opportunity. Like the, it's just, there is a world out there there is a whole world out there that is not being tapped into, and I don't understand why. Right. That's when we say there's source material mm-hmm. that's out there. There's plenty of it. It's We're just, we are just barely scratching the surface. Truly. These the are like, this is me saying, and Lisa off you know, the top but, of our heads, books we've read and loved. That's it. Yeah. There's, yeah. So, well... I feel like I should probably eat something since I've had this giant tankard of You're like, well, my head's spinning and it's time to (laughs) cut this off. (laughs) I'm like, y'all can't see it because, but this is like, we can see each other on video, but my cheeks are red. (laughs) They are, they are a pleasant pink. (laughs) She is, Lisa is very happy. She's smiling. I'm like, she's feeling good on a Friday. She's going to watch more Virgin River so we can talk about it. Because it's I'm only on episode two, y'all. And I was like, what? The all the all caps text I sent Dorian in the middle of the night. I'm sorry. Lisa hadn't watched. She hadn't watched Virgin River. And I I couldn't contain myself. I was like, drop what you're doing and watch. I'm rewatching it. And yeah, I did, and it. now I'm in it. in it. I'm in it to win it. So, well, thank you for having me on. I love this episode. Well, it's always delightful to talk to you, but you know, it's just I'm, I'm like I said, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad we had a chance to talk. Thank you for doing um, this. Thank you for using your platform to do this. It's important, and um, more people should follow your lead. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I, I just. I couldn't go another week without without saying something. I couldn't just keep going, you know, business as usual without letting it known that even though the George Floyd trial is over, Black lives still matter. And we still need to be using our voices. And I'm talking to my white ally friends here. I'm talking to my white friends here. We need to We need to do the work, you know. It's not comfortable, but that's part of it. You have to be, you know, you have to lean into it (laughs) and you're going to mess up. You're going to, you're going to mess up. I tell it to my kids all the time. I'm like, I might've been, I might've been a mom already for 13 years because my kids are teenagers now, Mm -hmm. but I'm still going to mess up because I've never been a mom of teenagers before. So these teenage years are new to me. I don't I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm going to mess up. Like, you know, if you handed me a baby right now, I could probably, you know, because I've, I've had babies already, you know, but I've never had teenagers. So I'm going to mess up and I'm going to do the wrong thing. And, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. But 
it, you know, that's, that's the whole learning process. And so I'm encouraging people that if you're afraid to start your anti-racist work because you think you're going to mess up and you think you're going to piss people off and you think you're going to say the wrong thing, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you are, you really are. And that's how you learn. That's how things get better. And that's, it's just, it's, it is what it is. You just got to do it. There's, there's a part. Did you read When No One Was Watching by Alyssa Cole? No, I have it, but I haven't read it yet. I need to. Okay. I'm not, I'm not done with it yet, but she, I'm just going to tell you very, but this isn't spoiler. She um, partners up with this guy on her street who's a white dude and they're doing a historical walk and he offers to help and she's like, He's like, no, genuinely, I want to help. And she finally tells him, look, we need some sort of code word when you're being too much and I can't handle your whiteness. And he tries to think of, she's like, how about howdy doody? And he's like, howdy doody. And she's like, when you are being, when you are centering yourself too much, I'm just, and so there are times when she's like, howdy doody. And he's like, really? I'll stop. I love they have a code word. And I love that he's willing to do it. And he's like, okay. (laughs) He shows up in this. He shows up at this one point. I'm sorry, but he shows up to come help her. She's at her community garden with her friend. And he shows up wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. And she goes, (laughs) howdy fucking duty, man. I wish you all could have seen my face when Lisa said that. I was like, oh my God. And he's like. And he's genuinely like, what? What happened? She's like, why are you wearing that? You're like, well, I thought it was important. And she's like, no. Can you not? <laughs> so, so listen, you're going to do some goofy stuff and you're going to do some stuff that's going to be performative and you're going to do some stuff that you're going to end up centering yourself and people are going to call you out on it and it's going to be rough but it it is what it is it's part don't of let the that process. scare you off i have said yeah i have done some stupid shit in my life and to this day, I remember <laughs> blessed, blessed Mark in eighth grade setting me straight. <laughs> oh, God. And if I ever see him again, I'll be like, listen, <laughs> I still remember that moment. He's going to be like, what? Black about? people don't watch Seinfeld. Accurate. We don't. I'm not into it. <laughs> Never been into it. <laughs> anyways well thank you dory you're so welcome thank you for having me and for being here i appreciate it and um if you guys want to follow dory let us know dory where we can follow you online at all the feels pod on twitter on facebook um one day i'll get you to join instagram i know we really do I mean, here's the thing. If we have an Instagram, <laughs> I have to do it, I'm sure. So, like, I, know. I don't know. Maybe you can help me come up with some ideas of, like, content and stuff I should put on there. Could you help me? <laughs> Give me well, some ideas. Because yes. I, I just don't know what we would post. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, we'll chat offline. Okay. I've got some ideas. Okay. 
And if you want to follow me, I am Lisa Fay CO on that's Lisa Fay Co on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow the pod at Which Was Better on both Twitter and Instagram, or check us out online at Which Was Better. Dot com. <laughs> I had to think about that. That's how much wine I've had. I'm like, is that my is that my website? Yeah, maybe I should in the future. Water. It's been water only. Week. It's been a long week, and I was like, I'm gonna go ahead. The problem is, is that mm-hmm. I put it in this Yeti, which keeps it super cold so and so it's like the whole fresh time. the whole time, and it's just like, oh, yeah. That's my mistake. If you let exactly. it get warm, you only drink like half the glass because you're like, eh, you're gonna be warm. like, skipping no, this up is the like... stairs singing. <laughs> I know, and I really had to pay attention because I'm probably gonna go upstairs and be like, what's to eat? <laughs> <laughs> Are you done with that? <laughs> so I should probably go and lightly eat something. And then take a nap. So thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, I appreciate it. If you want to reach out with any comments or questions or concerns, bring it. I Like I said, which was better podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we will see you next time. So thanks. <laughs>